And we ask our Heavenly Father to open the heavens this day, to unleash his presence upon us, to pour his spirit upon us. Let Jesus' presence be felt this day through the Holy Ghost, through fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and of fire as we preach and teach and testify of him who we call our Lord and God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Of that Jesus Christ, I testify that I know him. He knows me, and of him I testify to you. He lives today. He rose from the dead on the third day. He sits enthroned at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. Let the angels of heaven and let the sons of and daughters of men shout hallelujah and praise and worthy is the lamb that was slain. We welcome you this day. I'm your instructor, Dr. D. Todd Harrison, as we sit literally at the feet of Jesus Christ and listen to the great wisdom and instruction he has to instruct and to reveal to his servant, the prophet Joseph Smith here in the Doctrine and Covenants. It's been a wonderful year as we continue to hear the word of Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus Christ, speak to his prophet. There is no scripture, no book of scripture comparable to the Doctrine and Covenants in the sense that in this book, We've had section after section being revealed and have the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ speaking to his prophet and building up his kingdom upon the earth. Jesus Christ himself has testified over and over again that his church has been established. His kingdom is the church upon the earth, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is the only church he has ever accepted. It is the only church he has ever said that that is his church. And he has done it dozens upon dozens of times. Here in this lesson, again, we'll have three. I don't know whether we'll look at those particular verses. But if you read sections 94 to 97, there are at least three references that I was able to pick up under casual reading. We have others now of the prophet Joseph Smith being declared as his servant in a prior recent section. Jesus Christ said, I will no longer call you servants. I will call you my friends. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is now acknowledged not only were, were Joseph Smith and the early brethren his servants, but that they're his friends, joint heirs, equal to him, joint heirs in receiving the kingdom and the blessings of Heavenly Father. And what a glorious thing this has been as we continue to learn all these great principles of the gospel. Today we're going to discuss the Holy Temple and all the wonderful mighty things that the mighty blessings God has in store for us through his temple. Uh, let's look today at uh, section 94 and we'll begin with verse 1 through 3. Again, and here we go again, verily I say unto you, my friends. Up until recently, he would say my servants, acknowledging and testifying that Joseph Smith and Oliver Caldry and Sidney Rigdon, and all these early brethren were his servants. Now he's declared that dozens of times. Now he's equating them with his friends. They are his friends now. They've risen past being the prophets of God, past being his apostles, past being his servants. They're now on an equal level, being the friends 
of Jesus Christ. So even greater than being servants, greater than being prophets, greater than being apostles, they are the friends of Jesus Christ. Again, verily I say unto you, my friends, the commandment I give unto you, that ye shall commence a work of laying out and preparing the beginning and foundation of the city of the stake of Zion here in the land of Kirtland, beginning at my house. And behold, it must be done according to the pattern which I have given unto you. And let the first lot on the uh, south be consecrated unto me for the building of a house for the presidency, for the work of the presidency and obtaining revelations, and for the work of the ministry of the presidency, and all things pertaining to the church and kingdom. His church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is his kingdom. He wants to have a building set apart for the presidency of the church, where they can receive the revelations from him as he desires to lead his church and his kingdom in, in the day-by-day -day operations, progressing and building up his kingdom upon the earth. Let's look at 6 through 10. And it shall be dedicated unto the Lord from the foundation of, according to the order of the priesthood. So in order to build a house to the Lord, you need to have the priesthood. Those who don't have the priesthood cannot build a house unto the Lord that's going to be consecrated, that it will be dedicated and will be accepted by the Lord personally as one of his houses. That is all done through the power of the priesthood. Jesus Christ has made it very clear and throughout the entire year in all these sections that the only church that has that priesthood of God is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he says here, and it shall be dedicated unto the Lord from the foundation of, according to the order of the priesthood, according to the pattern which shall be given unto you hereafter. And that's the way he worked in the days of Moses. And that's the way he worked in the days of uh, King David and Solomon. And that's the way he's always worked. He reveals the pattern of his house to his prophet. And then his prophet goes forward and builds it accordingly. And it shall be wholly dedicated unto the Lord for the work of the presidency. And ye shall not suffer any unclean thing to come into it. And my glory shall be there and my presence shall be there. We're going to get this later on, specific reference to the temple of the same uh, teaching here. But if there shall come into it any unclean thing, my glory shall not be there, and my presence shall not come unto it. And again, verily I say to you, the second lot on the south shall be dedicated unto me for the building of a house unto me, for the work of the printing of the translation of my scriptures. And let all things whatsoever I shall command you. So... Not only is the temple the house of God, but you can have other houses of God as well. A house of printing to print the revelations. A house of the presidency to receive revelations. So God accepts other, not just the temple. A lot of people think that just the temple is the house of God. But no, he will accept other church buildings as well. The chapels, um, the seminary buildings, uh, you know, the different types of buildings that we've built. The church administration uh, building. He will accept those as his houses. And let's look now at 15 through 17. And they've been given, uh, talk, talk about different lots. They're calling 
Uh, he's calling Hiram Smith and uh, Reynolds Cahoon and Jared Carter to be a committee, a building committee, uh, to receive revelation to build the uh, buildings of the church. And 15, that they may do the work which I have appointed unto them to be a committee to build mine houses, plural, according to the commandment which I, the Lord, have God, have given unto you. These two houses are not to be built until I give you a commandment concerning them. Very important, right? Remember, even King David wanted to build the temple, right? That was his whole life desire. But God said, no, not you, David, but Solomon. So we need to always wait for God to give the order, to give the command, go forward and build that temple. You know, there's a lot of places in the earth we'd still love to have temples now, but God has not given that commandment yet to build a temple in that area, and we wait for him. And now I've given to you no more at this time. Amen. So great, uh, marvelous instructions here and in, uh, in, uh, commandments there in section 94. Let's look now at section 95, 1 through 3. It says here, Verily thus saith the Lord unto you whom I love, and whom I love I also chasten, that their sins may be forgiven. For with the chastisement I prepare a way for their deliverance, and all things out of temptation, as I have loved you. And so that there, there we get a great uh, teaching here, right? says he brings chastisement upon people. He brings earthquakes and famines and, and sicknesses and uh, viruses and, and all these things upon the people that he loves to bring them in remembrance of him so that as they face certain possible destruction, they're able to reach out to him in prayer, remember all their sins and the, the things they have to repent of, bring those things to the Lord God, Ask him for forgiveness. Cleanse yourselves through the blood of, of his son, Jesus Christ, and his atoning sacrifice. And so it's a way to remind people of the possible destruction so that they will come unto him, repent of their sins. And so he can further bless them even more. And that's why we go through these things. He says, wherefore, he must needs be chastened and stand rebuked before my face. For ye have sinned against me, a grievous sin. Now, this is interesting, right? They've sinned a grievous sin, not just a sin, a, a grievous sin. Now, what's the grievous sin? The grievous sin is what? That they haven't started to build the temple. God so wants to bless the people that he wants to have this temple built so he can bless them. But they haven't started to build this temple yet. Therefore, they're sitting a grievous sin because they're preventing God from being able to bless his children. And that you have not considered the great commandment in all things that I have given unto you concerning the building of my house. 4 through 6. For the preparation whereof I designed to prepare mine apostles. So the temple is built with the purpose to prepare his apostles. To prune my vineyard for the last time. That I may bring to pass my strange act that I may pour out my spirit upon all flesh in fulfillment of the prophecy in Joel. But behold, verily I say unto you that there are many who have been ordained among you whom I have called, but few of them are chosen. So what do we learn from that great verse? Well, we learn that Heavenly Father knew that a lot of people would not faithfully keep his commandments, not faithfully 
live as he would have liked to, them to have lived in their mortal probation here upon the earth. Yet he foreordained many people to hold important callings in the church, from being apostles to being uh, other leaders, both in, among uh, leadership callings and the men, as well as women organizations. Uh, but he says that he's called, he's ordained many of them. He ordained many of them in the preexistence, but then few of them will live according as he wanted them to live, to actually lay claim upon those blessings to then be chosen here on the earth. So they were ordained to the calling, but there are few that are then chosen to receive that calling here upon the earth. And he says here in verse six, they who are not chosen have sinned a very grievous sin and that they are walking in darkness at noonday. Let's look at seven through nine. And for this cause, I gave unto you a commandment that you should call your solemn assembly, that your fastings and your mourning might come up into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. And this is interesting, right? Because we get that a lot of times in the Old Testament. Uh, what does this Lord of Sabaoth mean, right? Which is by interpretation. So Jesus Christ is going to give his own interpretation of what the name Lord of Sabaoth means. And he says it means the creator of the first day, the beginning and the end. That's what that Lord of Sabaoth means. So next time you're reading through the Bible and you come across Lord of Sabaoth, you will know that it means the creator of the first day, the beginning and the end. Yea, verily I say unto you, I gave unto you a commandment that you should build a house, in the which house I designed to endow those whom I have chosen with power from on high. He wants to bless them with power from on high. They can only receive that through the endowment that they can receive in the temple. So that's why it's important that we build temples and get the temples out according to his commandment as he commands us. As we learned in the prior chapter, we got to wait for him to command us to build them in different places of the world. But we want to get these buildings built so that God can endow his chosen people uh, with power from on high. For this is the promise of the Father unto you. Therefore, I command you to tarry, even as my apostles at Jerusalem. Jesus told them, when he, when he died, just before he was going to die, that, that when, when he died to tarry at Jerusalem until he rose from the dead, until he sent the gift of the Holy Ghost upon his uh, apostles. So same thing here. You tarry, you wait for the temple to be built so you can go be endowed from with power from on high. Nevertheless, my servants sinned a very grievous sin and contentious arose in the school of prophets. And, uh, and so he's now chastising them. Remember, who he loves, he chastises. And uh, therefore, I sent them to be forth, uh, to be uh, chastened. Uh, let's look now at uh, uh, verse 11 through 14. Verily I say unto you, it is my will that you should build a house. If you keep my commandments, you shall have power to build it. If you will keep his commandments, he will help the church continue to build these houses unto the Lord. If you keep not my commandments, the love of the Father shall not continue with you. Therefore, you shall walk in darkness. Now, here is wisdom and the mind of the Lord. Let the house be built, not after the manner of the world. For I give not unto you that ye shall live after the manner of the world. Therefore, let it be built after the manner which I shall show unto the three of you, the building committee, whom ye shall appoint and ordain unto this power.
And then in 17, he finishes this section. And let the higher part of the inner court be dedicated unto me for the school of mine apostles. Say his son, amen. Now, A-H-M-A-N, son, amen. Now, we learn later from Joe Smith that this has reference, that this is uh, the name of Jesus Christ in the Adamic or the celestial language. So the same language that Adam and Eve spoke in the Garden of Eden, there they called God, Amen, and Son, Amen, would be Jesus Christ. Or in other words, Alphas, or in other words, Omegas. Even Jesus Christ, your Lord, Amen. What a great section there, 95. Let's look at 96. We're going to learn about the purpose of scriptures. According to what God says the purpose of scriptures are. That's always important. You know what God says about it. So let's look at 5 through 6. For behold, verily I say unto you, this is the most expedient in me, that my word shall go forth unto the children of man, for the purpose of subduing the hearts of the children of man for your good, even so, amen. What are the purpose of the scriptures? To subdue the hearts of the children of man, to humble them, to bring them to be humbled and kneel before the Lord God. That's why the scriptures are all about death, destruction, uh, famines, pestilences, scourges, diseases, all these things. And it repeats it over and over and over again to subdue the hearts of the children of men, to try to humble them, to try to get them to uh, leave their pride and to humble themselves before the Lord, to repent of their sins, to subdue their hearts. That's why God gave it to us. Unfortunately, you know, most of the, the teachers of religion today in the world, uh, you know, they don't usually talk about these things. They just want to talk about the good things, you know, that people want to hear. And they don't talk about the way that the scriptures are designed to talk about the judgments of God. And that's why God, you know, God knows what he's doing, right? Who's the better teacher, God or, you know, there's some the minister of religion, right? God, how did God speak, right? Always is by threatening the people, right? He's always threatening them with destruction if they don't repent, trying to subdue their hearts, try to knock out of them their pride, try to bring them into humility before him so that he can bless them. Verse 6, and again, verily I say unto you, it is wisdom and expedient in me that my servant John Johnson, whose offering I have accepted and whose prayers I have heard, he Here's our prayers, and he's acknowledging here that he's heard the John Johnson's prayers. And to whom I have given a promise of eternal life, inasmuch as he keepeth my commandments from henceforth. If he keeps his commandments from henceforth, he has received the promise of the Lord that he shall have eternal life. Okay, and now we'll look at section 97. And we'll look at verse 1 through 2. Verily I say unto you, my friends. So again, as we talked about earlier, it used to be my servants. He's now exalted them higher than servants on an equal footing with him. Joint hairs with Christ, as Paul continues to teach throughout the New Testament epistles. The joint hairs with Christ, the joint hair of all things that the Father hath. He is now giving unto them. He's made them equal with him. Uh, he's given them their call and election made sure in the prior section as we looked at uh, previously. 
And so he calls them now his friends. Bread, I send to you my friends. I speak unto you with my voice, even the voice of my spirit. We looked at that too. Jesus Christ also speaks by the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost so that the Holy Ghost can bear witness and testify that the words of Jesus Christ are true. That I may show unto you my will concerning your brethren in the land of Zion, many of whom are truly humble and are seeking diligently to learn wisdom and to find truth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, blessed are such. So who are those who are blessed? Let's go back to the end of verse 1 here. Those who are truly humble. Not just claim to be humble, but that who are truly humble. Those who seek diligently to learn wisdom and to find truth. Those are they who are blessed. For they shall obtain, for I the Lord show mercy unto all the meek, and upon all whomsoever I will, that I may be justified when I shall bring them unto judgment. look at six through nine and to the residue of the school the prophets i the lord am willing to show mercy nevertheless there are those that must needs be chastened and their work shall be made known the axe is laid and here we go matthew 3 luke 3 the axe is laid at the root of the trees and every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit shall be hewn down and cast into the fire I, the Lord, have spoken it. We just looked in the prior section that the reason that God gave the scriptures is to subdue the hearts of the children of man. So right away, going right back to this, you know, he's going to take an axe, he's going to cut them down, cast them in the fire, right? So again, trying to subdue the hearts of the children of man, you know, bring them unto repentance, bring them unto him so that he can bless them. And let's look now, beginning in verse 10. So first of all, we're going to look at what the purpose of tithing is and what are supposed to be the blessings that we receive from paying tithing. Verily, I say unto you that it is my will that a house shall be built unto me in the land of Zion, like unto the pattern which I have given you. It's by, designed by revelation. Yea, let it be built speedily by the tithing of my people. So that's the purpose of tithing is to build the temple so that God can have temples upon the earth so he can endow the people with power from on high. Behold, this is the tithing and the sacrifice which I, the Lord, require at their hands, that they may be a house built unto me for the salvation of Zion. And then what's the temple? And not only a place to receive power from on high, but also a place of thanksgiving for all the saints and for a place of instruction. For all those who are called to the work of the ministry and all their several callings and offices. That's why we go to the temple before we become missionaries and, and so forth, to be instructed in these things. That they may be perfected in the understanding of their ministry, in theory, in principle, and in doctrine, and all things pertaining to the kingdom of God on the earth, which is his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. The keys of which kingdom, the keys of the church, of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, his kingdom upon the earth have been conferred upon you, my friends, Joseph Smith, Oliver Cowdery, Sidney Rigdon, and so forth. And inasmuch as my people build a house unto me in, my, in, the, in the name of the Lord, and do not suffer any unclean thing to enter into it, 
that it be not defiled, my glory shall rest upon it. That's why we have temple recommends and things like that to show that we really belong to the temple and that we're not letting any unclean thing come in to defile his temple so that God's presence can be there and his, and his, his, his spirit can be there. Yea, and my presence shall be there, for I will come into it. Jesus Christ will come into his temple. And all the pure in heart that shall come into it, all the pure heart that comes into the temple shall see God. But if it be defiled, I will not come into it. And my glory shall not be there, for I will not come into unholy temples. And now, behold, if Zion do these things, she shall prosper and spread herself and become very glorious. So you build temples, the uh, Zion, the pure in heart, shall continue to prosper, spread herself, and become very glorious. And the nations of the earth shall honor her and shall say, Surely Zion is the city of our God, and surely Zion cannot fall, neither be moved out of her place, for God is there and the hand of the Lord is there. And he has sworn by the power of his might to be her salvation and her high tower. Therefore, verily thus saith the Lord, let Zion rejoice, for this is Zion, the pure in heart. Therefore, let Zion rejoice, while all the wicked shall mourn. For behold, and lo, vengeance cometh speedily. So again, the purpose of the scriptures, subdue the hearts of the children of man. Again, threatenings from God here, right? For behold, and lo, vengeance cometh speedily upon the ungodly as the whirlwind. And who shall escape it? The Lord's scourge shall pass over by night and by day, and the report thereof shall vex all people. Yea, it shall not be stayed until the Lord come. So he had been threatening in prior sections of the Dr. Covenant that the, these judgments in the last days are coming forth very soon. Uh, this was in the 1830s. Uh, we've seen an increase in the judgments of God upon the land over the last, you know, uh, nearly 200 years. Now, in the last couple of years here, we see fires and earthquakes and hurricanes and, and the viruses and all kinds of stuff. The answer to the question, when will these things cease to be? He's answering it here. The Lord God himself is answering when these things shall stop, when he comes again. Here in the end of 23, uh, and the, the, uh, the Lord's scourge shall pass over by night and by day, and the report thereof shall vex all people. Yea, it shall not be stayed until the Lord comes. These things are here to stay uh, and will continue to, to go forth uh, with all these things until the Lord comes. For the indignation of the Lord is kindled against their abominations and all their wicked works. Nevertheless, Zion shall escape if she observe to do all things whatsoever I commanded her. But if she observe not to do whatsoever I have commanded her, I will visit her according to all her works, with sore affliction, with pestilence, with plague, with sword, with vengeance and devouring fires. Again, scriptures given subdue the, the hearts of the children of men. Uh, what are we seeing here? Now he's threatening the church. Right, and if the church, you know, uh, should uh, fall into wickedness and and doesn't do, uh, it, you know, whatsoever he commands us as the church to do, that he'll visit even the church according to all her works with sore affliction, pestilence, plague, with sword, with vengeance, and devouring fire. 
Nevertheless, let it be read this once to her ears that I, the Lord, have accepted of her offering. And if she sin no more, none of these things shall come upon her. What a great blessing. While these things come forward to the wicked of the world, the pure in heart shall not suffer these things if they continue to keep his commandments and do what he says. And I will bless her with blessings and multiply a multiplicity of blessings upon her. That's what I want, a multiplicity of blessings. I hope you want that too. And upon her generations forever and ever, not just you, not just your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, and so forth. He says, forever and ever, say it, the Lord your God, amen. Hallelujah, what a great lesson again we've had as we've sat here and listened to the words of Jesus Christ declare his will. Uh, as we've seen Jesus Christ attempt to subdue the hearts of the children of men, to bring them unto repentance uh, before him and to humility before him so that he can lift up the humble and exalt them and bless them with all kinds of, with this multiplicity of blessings. I testify that these things indeed are true. These things come directly from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Testify that the prophet Joseph Smith was his mighty prophet who re received these glorious visions and revelations and communications from God for the benefit of the children of men. I will leave once again in the description of this video a link. If you are ready to be baptized, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ, yes, Lord, I am on your side. Yes, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Yes, Lord, I'm willing to obey thy commands. Click on that link. Become a baptized member of his church and kingdom upon the earth so that you too can receive those multiplicity of blessings that he has just promised us. I know that God will bless you. I know that God lives and that God loves you and he desires to bless you. What he called here in this lesson today, a grievous sin. It's a grievous sin when you don't do what he tells you to do so that he can bless you. He wants to bless you. Therefore, it's a grievous sin if you don't take the actions, which then it will enable you to receive his blessings. A grievous sin. Repent of the sin. Cast it out. Come unto him. Honor him. Keep his commandments. He will bless you with joy, happiness, and peace in this life and welcome you into his arms of mercy and arms of eternal love in the world to come. It's been my pleasure once again to teach you the word of God, to teach and to testify and bear witness of him of whom we declare to be our Lord, our God, and the Savior of this world. Until next time, we love you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.